0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join me in a cloudy yet empty capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Nadine Cooper, founder of Tuneless Choir, a choir established for those to sing like nobody is listening. Nadine, hello. 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 Thank you for coming on the program today. Um, normally, we get straight over to the conversation on leadership, but considering uh, current circumstances, how has COVID-19 affected the choir?
1: Uh, completely and utterly. We're obviously uh, used to meeting um, weekly or fortnightly groups of between 20 and 120 people gathering together to get all the benefits of singing together in a group, and um, we can no longer do that. Um, Mm. So we have um, gone online. Some of our choirs have gone online, and some people are uh, joining us like that. We can't all sing together hearing each other, but um, we are managing to see each other's faces and uh, sing in the privacy of our own homes.
0: I'm sure quite a lot of uh, your uh, people that you work together with enjoy spending time with each other and loneliness must creep in without being able to be around each other at the point in time.
1: Uh, that's absolutely it, yes. Um, yeah, Choir, th- group singing is great for lots of different things. So there's physical benefits and lung function, things like that, which are pretty important at the moment um uh, there are uh, in mental health benefits but also there's the kind of the social benefits and uh yes um i i i think we're we're all feeling isolated at the moment and for some people that is worse than, than others um we've had people on our online sessions who said um this is uh, i'm using my i come to use my voice because this is the first time i've spoken to anyone today
0: do you have any plans to further uh, digitize uh, your service during this point in time uh, through any method?
1: We're um, we're just bringing more choirs online. So we we have um, half a dozen or so um, online at the moment, out to thirty um, uh, plus probably another half dozen who are kind of meeting. Behind closed doors, as it were, um, so having less formal sessions, kind of tea and biscuit sessions, and we we're just kind of trying to roll that out to to uh, more of the the regions where we have choirs.
0: What was your inspiration for starting the choir in the first place?
1: Well, um, when I was about eleven or twelve, um, the music teacher put his hand on my arm and said, "Please stop singing because you're spoiling it for everyone else." Oh. <laughs> Which, oh. yes. Yeah um uh, I I can't really blame him <laughs> I don't think he was inaccurate in his uh in his assessment but it was a shock to me at the time because I just loved singing I a mean, kind of I guess I it's something that I do with um enthusiasm rather than talent mm-hmm. and um so for many years I have avoided choirs um and then obviously, uh, 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 increasingly there was research about how great group singing is for you and i was forever thinking well i i can't do that because i can't join a proper choir as i call them and then fortunately i met a lady called bernie bracker who runs some community choirs in the area where i live and um she said i could join those and i explained that all these kind of benefits that you get from singing, which include kind of reducing stress levels, I would not get if I was standing amid a group of people who I knew were really competent singers, and um, I'd I'd feel like I, I wouldn't know whether I was being a flat or not, and whether they were all looking at me thinking she's trying to achieve something wonderful, and she's spoiling it. So that would make it a, a, a completely stressful experience for me, rather than a, a joyful one, and so. Um, that's kind of what led me to suggest to Bernie that we do something for people like me. We found the word tuneless, which um, we define as lacking the ability, practice or confidence to sing in tune. And she agreed to set up a kind of one-off session to see if there was anybody else like me in the world, which she she didn't think there would be. I wasn't sure there'd be an awful lot of them. And fortunately, um, we were both proved wrong and six people came along to our First uh, session, and uh, it kind of all all went there.
0: Now, it's a, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. Do you see the benefits uh, not only in yourself but in the people that you're working with?
1: Oh, absolutely. And and I kind of consider that there's two lots of people that I'm working with. One is the uh, the members themselves, um, and sometimes you just you don't hear about um, how they feel about the choir. Uh, on a regular basis, They're, and then something will suddenly happen, and they'll say how much it's meant to them. Like they've they've found a new social life. They they've been through typically bereavement or just just having a very stressful job um, or anxiety or depression, and and it's really helped with that. Um, and then the second group of people are. The other people who run tuneless choirs, um, so kind of what they it's effectively run as a mini franchise. So my kind of franchisees, and um, I can see some of them have absolutely blossomed in terms of confidence, and it's brought real joy to their lives to bring joy to other people's lives, as it were. Um, some of them have jobs which uh, are fine, but don't uh, don't kind of give them a huge loss of meaning in life. And so to be able to do something which helps the community and brings such pleasure to people really enhances their kind of life satisfaction.
0: Do you have any plans uh, for expansion?
1: Uh, well, continuing through around the UK, um, yes, we we always have people getting in touch, wanting to set up. And, of course, everything's on hold. I have two choirs where... We've we've effectively got people signed up to start them, but we uh, need to wait until we can start meeting again before we do any publicity. And there are others who uh, are prospects. And then um, I have been approached um, by people in New Zealand and the United States. So uh, one of the, the my next jobs is to work out just how we could go about uh, moving overseas. <sighs>
0: Now, what does the word "leader" mean to you?
1: Oh, um, I think I, I think I mostly think about it as a difference between a leader and a manager. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, which is, uh, ironically, I have put entirely the wrong titles in place within the Tunelus Choir organisation because we have choir leaders who are the musical people and then I have choir managers who kind of do the organisation but they're typically the franchisees so I uh, sometimes I think the term manager is is rather more it, it, it is more derog- derogatory compared to to leader and, and um, that's not intentional at all. Um, the, a leader is it aren't they so I think in whatever Whatever pursuit um, you are undertaking, the leader is the person who makes things happen, uh, decides whether they will happen or not, um, and and finds a way. Um, uh, and that's what it boils down to. There are there are yes many many different attributes of uh, leadership, many things tasks for leadership. Uh, but ultimately, it's been it.
0: Now, unfortunately, uh, we are running short on time, but what does the next 12 months have in store for the Tuneless Choir?
1: Um, we will see, won't we? I think we're all in a situation where we don't know what is going to happen uh, under coronavirus, and um, a, a, as a leader, um, the best, i can do is say we were we are uh quick-witted we are flexible and we will uh we will try to adapt to whatever circumstances uh come along um best case scenario in a few weeks time we get the go ahead to start meeting again and um uh i'm sure everybody would be delighted to get to get back um the uh worst case is it might be might be many many months um and uh w- we'll continue to do what we can online um uh and uh and just take it t- 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 see see what happens
0: Well, I wish you and the entirety of the uh, people involved in the choir the best of luck and health over the next few weeks. And Nadine, it's been a pleasure discussing leadership with you. Please do come back on when things get back to normal. Nadine, thank you.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: That was Nadine Cooper, founder of Tuneless Choir. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Geoff Hurst.
2: Uh, We're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final so jeff first uh, thank you very much for coming on today
3: uh, you're welcome you're good afternoon
2: uh, and perhaps i should uh, start and get it over and done with i know you must be bored with it and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times but when you got out for a duck playing for essex uh, jeff what was going through your head at the time
3: <laughs> well of course that's not one of the most asked questions i get Although oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um uh, who do, do me realize that i did uh, Score nothing for Essex. Uh, my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in in, uh, in Liverpool, many many years ago, 1962, I think that was. So I didn't. And... Um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be playing, <laughs> I guess, had one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that. Of time being stuck between the two sports,
2: and I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's, a, there's a, another world that might exist where, um, so Jeff Hurst was a, a first class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer. But, um, whether it's business or cricket or or football, obviously the importance of leadership it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham. Uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him?
3: Absolutely. I mean, he he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, they quite always mention when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who um, was played mm-hmm. under him. And of course, uh, a great manager in South So to come across people like that of that calibre can have a huge influence on your your career, of course, and, and then your life. And that's that's quite purely the case.
2: Absolutely. And in those early days um, at West Ham, uh, with with a manager like uh, Ron uh, there, it's also important to have uh, uh, confidence with.
3: which uh, was absolutely... But I can use that now, because it, it is quite funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we another time then. But we... Um, uh, well, you will I, I can tell you if want.
3: you want. You've got time. I can tell I go, you if you want.
2: Jeff, go on. Go on. I think I think it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh, doing a, a, at a dinner in,
3: in the Channel Islands, three or four hundred people, black-tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions and I wouldn't pick any one player out, I think, looking at There's that. So many. Yeah, so many. And that's why we are successful, because we had so many um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding. And, uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody, and I, going back to an earlier, earlier question for me, that um, all hard-nosed professionals,